Hey, Pastor Josh here. Thanks so much for watching our videos. If you'd like more information about Legacy City Church, you can go to LegacyCityChurch.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell below. God bless you. We are in Daniel chapter 1 in our Bibles. Daniel chapter 1. Heard of a story while you're turning there. This lady, Susie, she was taking an afternoon nap New Year's Eve before the festivities. New Year's Eve, December 31st. And after she woke up, she realized she had a vivid dream. So she went to her husband, Joe, and said, Joe, I just had a dream. And I dreamed that you gave me a diamond ring for New Year's Eve present. New Year's present. She said, what do you think this all means, hubby? Joe says, ah, you'll know tonight with a smile on his face. Well, at midnight, as the new year was chiming in, Joe approached his wife, Susie, and handed her a small package. She was so excited, she opened it quickly and found a book titled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> and that's it. I think maybe when we crossed over into 2021, we were thinking something magical was going to happen, but then we woke up the next day and realized it's still the same. It's still the same. And while we have a new year on the horizon, we have new opportunities, it kind of, we get to hit the reset button in the mind, we still have a lot of the same problems. And that's not to scare anybody, that's not to put fear in people. No, that is for us to really just wake up and realize the storm that we're in. It's okay to be in storms. It's okay to go through difficulty. But we have to resolve that we are going to get through that storm and that we will be just fine. It was, uh, I got a gash on my head. I don't know if you can see that in the camera, Dave. But uh, we were surfing yesterday when the buddies called up and was like, dude, it's double overhead. Ventura, it's going to be going off. You got to come check it out. So we drove up and these waves are like mountains coming through, like 10, 15 foot faces. And it was their trains coming through. It looks like a massive storm and it is it's treacherous. And it's scary. And when I was driving up with Katie, I was telling her, I'm like, man, I can feel the, like, I, I love this. Like, it's exciting. Like, it's dangerous, it's risky, and there's, there's something there. But man, if you just catch one, if you just catch one, it's going to be amazing. Man, I'm already preaching. I didn't even realize. I haven't got into my sermon yet. Two points popped into my head. Number one, I did catch that wave. It's one of the biggest waves of my life. I dropped in on this thing. It was going so fast. And I couldn't believe it. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I fell in the next one, got hit like four or five times by the waves and just came in, went back out and got another one. <laughs> but sadly out there as well yesterday, um, we, we saw some surfers dragging a dude in and he drowned. And we, um, we the whole, it shook the whole beach. I've never seen it in 20 years. Never. I've never seen anybody drown and he ripped his wetsuit open and they started CPR and they put him on the machine and they ended up taking him away and we were praying and just hoping everything was okay. But what I, what I see reflecting on that is two things that without the storm, without any potential danger, there's no opportunity to kind of stand, take a risk and go for something. It is a risk for us even to be meeting today. We get criticized for doing this. What are you guys doing open? Why would you do that? But I realize there's something great on the horizon. There's beautiful things coming. But I also realize that there's risk when you get in the water. And the sad thing is that guy lost his board and he was by himself and he couldn't paddle long enough and able to get out of it. That's one of the dangerous risks. And another lesson is that you have to go in prepared. You have to go in resolved. And you need to go in with other people around you. It's so dangerous. We pray and hope that he's doing okay today. But it is 2021 and we have lots of storms on the horizon. I want to challenge you today to ask you whether or not you have already resolved, not resolution. We'll talk about resolutions for a little bit. I'm talking about resolving. 
this is already done. I already know what I'm doing this year. I already know where my focus is. I already know what I'm going to do and accomplish. There's going to be all kinds of curveballs thrown my way, but I already know what the mission and the goal is, and I'm not going to be wavered by anything that goes on this year. We need to set our gaze on the prize and march towards that with the Lord Jesus leading us in front of us, anchoring in. And I want to challenge you, Legacy, to have one of the greatest years of your life in the midst of a storm. Can I say it? Catch some of the greatest waves of your life in the midst of the storm. You might get a little gash on your head. That's okay. It's a cool little scar. How'd you get that? Dropping it on 15 foot. Oh, dang. Feel cool for a couple seconds. Time's an interesting thing, isn't it? We as people are trapped within certain barriers each day, season, and year. We're only limited to a certain amount of years on earth, and no one can get away from this thing called time. The sun rises at a certain time each day, and it sets. Our bodies desire sleep when it's dark, and our eyes open when the sun is brought upon them. Though we have been able to scale seasons to some degree, really farmers for thousands of years have not. They were chained to it. And even though we have been able to scale them, it doesn't mean our bodies and our minds aren't adhering to them. We need to walk in step with what's going on and not out of step with what God has created. Days are overrun with a day of work and a few errands run. Days are over so fast. Weeks pass before you know it and you're thinking, wow, it's already Friday. Our lack of paying attention to months results in the passing into the next thing thinking it's already fall, summer is gone, here we come, the holidays, and before you know it, another year has passed, and you can't believe it's 2021. It's like, wow, that was a long year, but it was kind of fast, too. There's just so much going on. It's like, what just happened? It's like, okay, was that a dream? For the illustration before, if you had a bank account that credited your account each morning with $86,000, that carried over no balance from day to day, allowed you to keep no cash in your account. Every, and every evening, it canceled whatever part of the amount you failed to use during the day. What would you do with that money? It would go to zero and reset every day. Your $86,000 gone, and then you would have another 86000 given to you. Well, you would withdraw every cent every day, wouldn't you? And you would use it to your advantage. Well, you have such a bank, and that bank is time. Every morning... It credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night it rules off as a loss whatever you fail to invest to good purpose. It carries over no balances. It allows no overdrafts. Each day it opens a new account with you. If you fail to use the day's deposit, the loss is yours. There's no going back. There is no drawing against tomorrow. Time it's just leaving us all the time. And I, I, didn't real, I, I didn't realize it until I started getting older. When I was young, I, I couldn't wait to get out of the sixth grade. I just wanted to get out of high school so bad. I wanted to get my own car. I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to burn time like I wanted to. And now, I can't seem to get enough time to do all the things I want to do. Time is passing this year again. I want to ask you, how do you want to spend it? Have you decided? Well, I don't know. There's like some crazy storms ahead. I haven't figured it out. You better resolve how you're going to spend it in the next couple of weeks or it is going to show up and just start taking from you again. How about the top 10 resolutions that happen every year? Are you ready? Maybe these one of these years is just fine to uh, give you a couple solutions, quick tips for these that I do for myself. But they're kind of, it's kind of already done. I mean, well, you'll hear. My quick tips for each resolution. Number one resolution that everybody wants is what? Lose weight. Yeah. It's really simple. Are you ready? Find healthy foods you love and enjoy and eat them. That's it. Go for a walk every day and you'll lose weight. That's it. Find healthy foods you like and enjoy. Eat them and just take a walk. You don't have to get crazy in the gym unless you want to. It's fun. I really enjoy it. But everybody needs to find their own thing. Number two, get organized. People want to get organized. 
It's simple. Just set a day or time to organize your week or it will never happen. That's it. Just set one time each week to organize it or it will never happen and the week will just leave you and then you'll say, what just happened that week? If you don't know what you're doing that week, that's exactly what you're doing. You don't know. <laughs> Number three, they want to spend less, save more. They only want to buy what they, they, they don't want to lose money. So it's very simple. Only buy what you need. Do not buy what you want. Do not buy what you want with that stimulus check. Unless you already have everything you need. Then you get to buy what you want. You see? It's very simple. Only buy what you need. Do that for three or four months and then buy what you want. It's very simple. Track what you spend. If you don't know what you're spending, it's going to destroy you. I use an app called Mint. It's really nice. It's not a commercial. It's just a tip. Enjoy life to the fullest. People want to. You have to plan for rest and vacay every year. It's not going to happen. Just telling you. It's not going to happen. So get it on the calendar, lock it in, and then just go for it. People want to learn something exciting and new. I like Audible because I can listen to books while I work out, while I do something else. It's a great app. People want to quit smoking. Well, if you want to quit smoking, a quick way to do that or quit anything that you uh, don't desire to do, try fasting. Fast food for a day. Just say, I'm not going to eat today. And you'll be able to tell yourself no more in life. Try fasting for two days. Wow, I practice saying no to myself for two days in a row. Then you'll be able to say no to other things. People want to help others in their dreams. Well, best way you can do that is just be an encourager instead of a fixer. An encourager instead of a fixer. Really simple. People want to fall in love. Want to fall in love. This is good. You should fall in love. But you should understand you attract what you are. And so focus on being the right person and you will attract the right person. You see that? Simple. You attract who you are. Focus on being the right person and you will attract the right person. That's the way this works. That's the way it always works. Finally, spend more time with family. You got to schedule it, sadly. One day off, one date night. One day off and one date night. Brothers... Get this in order in your household and make it happen. It'll bless your family. What are my resolutions? Um, I think my focus and my res resolution, and it's probably the same as last year, more than ever before, is to focus on my family. I want to spend more time making memories with my wife and my babes, Eden and Shep. And though this society is trying to slow down, I'm not. I'm not going to slow down in that department. Sorry. And I'm not going to just sit at home 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Sorry, not going to happen. I'm going to make memories. Um, I'm not letting time get past me. This is a special time I can never get back. According to statisticbrain.com, only 8% of people are successful in achieving the resolutions. 8%. Why is that? Ask this question. Why? Only 8%. That means out of 100 people, only 8 people Get it done. People who explicitly make resolutions are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't make resolutions. So I ask you, have you written them down? Have you written them down? Number one, well, I, I took notes on my phone. I dare you to write it in ink. Like, get that pen out and start writing your resolution and sign that baby, maybe later today. The reason people don't keep their resolutions or goals is because they have not truly purposed and made the decision in their hearts, then planned how they are going to do this. This is what we are going to look at today, resolving in our hearts to do something. People say, I want to do this. Are you going to do it? I don't know. No, are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. Then you haven't resolved. You determine whether or not you're going to do something. Nobody else can determine it for you. You're the only one who can do it. And you are the only one who can force it day after day. Well, I reached a hurdle. There's a problem. I know. But you have resolved in your mind. You're going to jump that hurdle and you're going to keep moving forward. 
You have to resolve to continue to do it and just keep chipping away. If you fail, who cares? Just get up and just keep moving forward. That is the mindset. Daniel chapter 1, Daniel, we see standing, resolving in his heart to do something, and he actually completes it before the king of the nation. Absolutely incredible. We're in Daniel chapter 1. You want to stand for the reading of God's word? We always stand for the reading of God's word to pay honor to him and to remember whose word we are reading. It says, verse 1, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them into the land of Shinar to the house of his God and placed the vessel in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded his chief eunuch to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, use without blemish, good appearance, skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah of the tribe of Judah. The chief of the eunuchs gave their names. Daniel he called Belshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. Azariah he called Abednego. Sound familiar? Verse 8, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chiefs of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king who assigned your food and your drink for why should I see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? so that you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward, and the chief of the eunuchs had oversigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner, tested them for ten days, at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in the flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Let's pray. Lord, we worship you this morning. We worship you in this new year. Happy New Year, Lord. We're thankful to be with you here in LA, we worship you this morning and we ask that you would reveal your word to us once again. Open our eyes to see what it looks like to resolve, to make decisions with you that are permanent. We ask your blessing on this time of Bible study. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to hear you this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So our story begins with King Nebuchadnezzar besieging Jerusalem. He took some of the precious elements from the temple of God and placed them in his own temple with his own gods. Then King Nebi calls one of his chiefs to search through the land for young men who would be great spokesmen for his kingdom. Daniel was chosen along with three of his friends. Can you imagine being chosen by the king of the nation to come to the palace? Like they start interviewing millions of people and all of a sudden you're one of the three or four chosen amazing and you're a christian you love the lord you're you're a god-fearing woman you're a god-fearing man and all of a sudden you're in the king's palace like man there's going to be some temptation in here how am i going to stand against the king what is he going to ask me to do how do i say no to him if he asked me to do something that would blaspheme the lord the king wanted these young men to be trained in the highest schooling and brainwashed with his worldview. So the king gave these young men chosen all the finest things. They got the best food, the best wine, all you can eat, all you can drink at the king's table. 
I mean, they're pulling out the bottle 1653 whatever. It's a great year. They got the the spread of food that you could best spread of food you could ever imagine. Puts the Vegas buffets to shame. But while all these fine things were being given to these young men, Daniel had purpose in his heart. He had resolved that he would not disobey God by eating the unclean food and drinking the wine of this pagan king. He went so far as to ask the master chief in charge of the food. He said, chef, master chef, please. I don't want to eat this food. I need to eat according to the ways God has commanded me, and I don't want to drink the king's wine and get smashed with everybody. Please, Master Chef Gordon Ramsay, please. Please, don't make me eat, don't make me drink. We will see the chief's response in just a bit. This is where our story picks up. Daniel has resolved in his heart to obey God and not obey the king in these things. It's not that eating this type of food was bad. It's not that drinking wine is bad. It is getting absolutely plastered with all of the other people in the palace, overeating like gluttons, and eating non-koshered food as he was called to eat according to the law of Moses. And so... Because he had done the, because he has resolved in his heart to do these things, he was going to have to stand before the king, and now he's got to talk with Master Chef and figure out how to do this. Do you see that in verse eight? Take a look closely. Daniel one verse eight. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. Resolved. The word resolved is to settle or find a solution. It is to deal with something. It is to decide firmly on a course of action. I like this phrase. Are you ready? Decide firmly on a course of action. Two parts. Decide firmly. Have you decided? Number two, do you have a course of action? The NASB says, but Daniel made up his mind. Made up his mind. You see, some of the decisions that you maybe have made in the past, have you made up your mind about them? Are they resolved that you will keep them long term? I remember when I was young, in my early 20s, I guess, maybe it was even before that, 18, 19, I just decided somewhere along, I'm going to church every Sunday, just never missing, ever. I'm just never going to miss. I don't know why exactly. I just made that decision that I want to be there. And I'm going to firmly commit to that. And anytime I miss a Sunday in my life now, it is like something is gapingly missing. Like I just can't even believe it's not there. My dad took us to church every single Sunday growing up. And he also would give us a quarter to put in the basket. We didn't have any much money, but my dad would give us a quarter to give. Here we are giving just a little bit to help us to understand the importance of honoring God with all that we have. My dad had resolved, regardless of our situation, what we were going to do, and it's bled into my life. Praise God. Family, it is important to see that Daniel would not been be able to resist the food and the drink had he not already made up his mind before he got to the palace. Do you realize that? You think you're going to walk into the king's palace and you're like standing there and you haven't thought about any of this stuff and he's like, here's a buffet. Come on, here, break open the bottles. Let's go. And all of a sudden everybody's like going after it and like you're standing there and you're like, mm, uh, okay, you know, I guess, all right, I'll just step into it. I'll, just a little bit, no big deal. I know I'm not supposed to eat this way. I'm a Jew, but I think I'll just go after it anyways. Maybe just a little sliver of ham. Maybe just half a glass of wine, but man, that was good. Ten glasses deep, can't think straight. And I just wake up the next morning like, what in the world just happened? You see, Daniel had resolved months prior, made up his mind. He had ran the conversations in his mind. 
He had ran the situations in his mind. He already knew it was going to happen. He knew the challenges that would come. Some of you got to do this in the gym, right? Well, a lot of the gyms are closed now, but the workout at home, you already know what's going to happen. You're going to pick up that way and say, I don't want to do this. You're going to start that run and say, I don't like this. You start baking that cake and you smell that cake and frosting, you should have never gone there. Those brownies are getting you. You have to resolve prior. You have to make up your mind. It's not going to happen. Daniel did. Do not trust that you'll make the right decision in the moment. You won't because our sinful hearts will help us to make the wrong decision. That's why credit cards are so profitable. Did you know that? Credit cards are profitable because they know you're not going to make the payment. That's it. Oh, I'm going to, I'll pay for it later. I promise I'll pay for it. When are you going to pay for it? Uh, I don't know exactly. I just think the money's magically going to soap in the future. I learned this again from older wealthy people when I was young. It is said every single time you swipe it, you pay it off every single month and then just steal points from the companies and they'll just give you thousands of dollars in points. So I just say, thank you. I put everything on credit cards and I pay them off every single month. I've been doing it for probably 10 years, maybe 15 years. Just get all of these points and I get all this credit and then they reward you. Your credit goes through the roof and then you just get all these vacation points and then you just go spend it on whatever you want. It's a no-brainer. Unless... You have not resolved in your heart to pay that baby off every month. If you've resolved, then you can't swipe on that thing. You see how it works? That's why Vegas works. Sin City. They prey on your sinful desire. They prey on that. That's why Black Friday works. It's a rage. No one is thinking. No one is planning. Just impulse. Uh, what is it? What's, what's the Monday now? Technology Monday or whatever. Cyber Monday, thank you, Mike. All these things work so well because everybody's just like, I don't know what's going on, but just buy. Impulse. This is why many live check to check because they choose not to control their spending. This is why people can't stay healthy. That's why health insurance keeps going up because they know that more people will always be more sick than before. If we do not plan and project, if we do not resolve anything in life, we must plan on living in our continued pattern of bad decisions. Just plan on it this year. Nothing's changing, okay? If you've not made up your mind, nothing is changing. Daniel had made up his mind, and that's why he was going to follow through no matter who was standing before him. The king of the nation, Nebuchadnezzar, was going to be standing there, and he didn't care who it was. He had made up his mind. I'm sorry, king. I made up my mind long ago. I won't be eating at your table or drinking your wine. But it's 1653. I know it's a good bottle. I know it's a good year, but not for me this time. Daniel did this because of his relationship with God. He did not want to damage that relationship that God had blessed him with. God saved him, God blessed him, God gave him favor, and he could not help but want to bless God back with obedience. He would not defile the Lord, and I love this. I should point out that drinking a glass of wine is not condemning or sinful. Getting drunk is. Getting smashed is. And I should also point out that eating perfectly kosher according to the law of Moses is not required of us today. It was for that nation at that time so they could be set apart from the rest of the world in very clear ways. Eat what you want, but don't be a glutton. Eat what you want, but stay healthy. Though you say, I'm depressed, I'm bummed out, I'm down. What are you going through? Well, nothing major. Are you sleeping? Well, not really. Do you eat right? Do you work out? Are you reading the word healthy emotionally, spiritually, and physically? we got to get this together. So many times Christians are like, I'm so healthy spiritually. Yeah, but your life's a mess. I don't get it. Make forever decisions that are not selfish. The only way to do that is it's got to be something supernatural. Only the supernatural 
can do that. God has to intervene. God has to empower our hearts. We need to fully depend on him to help us. I should point out very, very important and very clearly that none of this are making good decisions on our own. It's not because I pulled up my bootstraps and I'm stronger than the next person to be able to make powerful decisions. It is because God is empowering us and we are fully relying on him and dependent on him to follow through in those decisions. It is a daily dependence on God that empowers you to make godly decisions long term. You cannot do it on your own. I'm going to muscle through it. No, you're not. You're going to sin and you're going to fall away from God and you're not going to be able to follow through in the things that you want. You need God to carry you through. Family, the gospel has changed us forever. We no longer worship the kings of this world. We worship the one and true king of kings. We worship God, and that changes our commitments in life forever. We are committed to our God and not to the kings of this world. We are committed to our God and not the culture of this world. We are committed to our God over our friends, over our family, over anyone else on the planet. We are committed to him first and obedience to him first. And that... Being resolved in that causes us to make long-term commitment decisions for him that will change our life and empower us. I think Ben, I I heard him pray it. I think it was the Holy Spirit when he was praying to open our service that the Lord would keep us from the world and close to him. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It was perfect. It is our sermon today. Romans 12, 1 and 2 also Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's a New Living Translation, but it's powerful. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is good and acceptable and holy unto God. Legacy family, resolve about life comes to our hearts because of the change God brings to us by the gospel. We are sinners before a holy God. And God has sent his son Jesus down to the earth to die for our sins so that we could be brought back into the relationship with the God who made us, our Father. And we can start living the way that he has called humans to live, loving and serving each other, walking with him, enjoying the life he's given to us. This is one of the hardest things as a pastor. It's trying to encourage people to do the right thing and they keep doing the wrong thing. You just have to watch them fail. I think it will be one of the hardest things as a father is encouraging my children to do the right thing and watching them fail. And you want to go in and just fix everything. You have to let them fail. You have to let them learn. You have to let them grow. And you would hope, family, that sinning over and over and over, year after year, we would realize, like, man, that's not helpful. That's hurting me. That's messing me up. I will resolve in the new year. I will resolve in the midst of this storm to be separate from the culture. It doesn't matter what the culture is doing. You do what God's called you to do. Stop focusing on all the stuff going on on social media. Stop focusing on all the media. You do what God's called you to do. Everybody's eating the king's food. Not me. Everybody's drinking the wine. Nope. I have resolved in my heart to worship God alone, and I don't care my company's doing, I don't care what all the friends, I don't care what they're doing. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I love this idea of resolving in our hearts and minds, purposing, making up our minds about the future because of what God has done for us. People can't keep their resolutions each year because their hearts are not prepared and resolved. When it comes to big life decisions and struggles, we need the help of the Lord. Here's my classic quotes every year first week of the year you hear these they need few resolutions whose life is already resolved in god they need few resolutions whose life is already resolved in god you hear that plane they need few resolutions 
whose life is already resolved in the Lord Jesus. Psalm 90.12, teach us to number our days that we may gain hearts of wisdom. You aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. Did you know that? You aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. We must master our minutes or we become slaves to them. We use time or time will use us. You decide. You get the opportunity. We like new, huh? New car smell. Ah, yeah. We even buy little car center things that are new car smell. You like a new pair of socks? Oh, man, I got a new pair of socks for Christmas. Thank you, babe. Woo! Love new socks. We like new experiences. We like new tasty foods. We like new music. We like new opportunities. Why do we love new? I think we are all looking for that day when everything will remain new and perfect forever. And that's why people love a new year, a fresh start, especially with 2021. We just like, just get me out of 2020. Trust me, I'm going to recalibrate. I'm ready to go for 2021. I got this, especially for the Christian. We have a new opportunity to make decisions for this year, for our church, for our lives individually. want everyone to pull out pen and pencil or their phone. We're going to take some notes here and prepare a couple things because I want you to make up your mind about something in this sermon so I know that I have done my job as a pastor. Can we do that, please? You have a phone? Just write down something, please. Makes me feel like we've done something. A little homework for you. I'm going to do two things. Number one, I'm going to relist our vision as Legacy City Church and what will never change about this church. As long as I'm pastor and as long as this place is called Legacy, this will never change. People come into the church, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. Sorry. There's lots of churches in LA. You can find another church. We are committed to these things, which are biblical, and we will not be changing. Nothing else will be becoming the main agenda. We will not morph into the things the culture wants us to do. We're going to do these things. Amen. Thanks, Ethan. I appreciate that, brother. I really do. I really do. We will never change. So go over these six roots of legacy. I call them roots because they're the base of the tree. They were bringing the nutrients, what causes fruit to come forth. I want you to write down how each of these affects your life and what it looks like for your life in 2021. Jot down something so that you can think about it later today or this week. Plan, prepare to plan and to resolve in 2021. Here is our vision. Number one, we have resolved to minister the gospel on Sundays. We are resolved to worship God on Sunday. And we will do no other thing on Sunday. That is what we will always do. Why do we do the same thing every week? <laughs> we resolve to do it at Legacy every single Sunday. We resolve to pray to God, to open and proclaim his word, to preach the gospel, to partake in communion, and to baptize on Sundays. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves, the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to pray. It's what they did 2,000 years ago. It's what we're going to do on Sunday. We have resolved to do this, and we are never changing. We're going to partake in communion today at the end of the service. Route number two, we have resolved to see the gospel in community. We are resolved to grow in community and family. Legacy, the gospel has saved us to change through community. Sanctification happens together through one another. The world segregates away from one another. The gospel brings us back together, loving and serving one another as God has made us to. Learning and worshiping happens on Sunday, but transformation comes through community, friendships, and discipleship. We learn here on Sundays, but then during the week, we actually implement that as we talk about that with each other and figure out what it looks like in our lives. Each of you have been given gifts and abilities that others need. Do you know that? You are needed. You are wanted. You are gold in this basket. And we need one another. We can't do it without one another. Try. You do it on your own, you're going to be destroyed. We need one another. The, 
the Bible has built, the Lord Jesus has built a church. And in the Bible in the Old Testament, we see them running together in tribes and people and communities. The Garden of Eden was a community from the very beginning. It was not good that they should be alone. We experience the gospel through other believers as they speak into our lives. The importance of community. I don't know what it looks like for you. Some of you travel a lot with work or some of you have to... There are more scenarios in LA regarding being busy and what it looks like to do community than I've ever seen in my whole life. So I I cannot map it out perfectly and create structures for all of you. You have to figure out what it looks like to be in good community. Get good brothers and sisters around you. Let them speak into your life. Let them pray for you. Let them build them up, build you up. I don't know if that's people from friendships from 10 years ago. I don't know if that's friendships of today. I don't know what it is, but you've got to figure it out. Hebrews 10.24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We've got to encourage each other. We've got to stir up one another in love. Root number three, resolve. We will never change as a gospel and family. We have resolved to disciple our families. Resolved to stay married no matter what. Resolved to raise godly children no matter what. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then when I launch my kids off at whatever it is, 17, 18, 19 years old, What? You're not going to let them stay there till 35? No. Get out. Get a job. Get on your own. Let's go. Dad's going to be there to help you. I'm here. I'm a coach. Get in the game. I hope that I have raised them in a way that they will honor the Lord in the way, when they're in the middle of the world. We as a church have resolved to make good families as best we can, to make good decisions and to worship the Lord in our families, in our marriages. Applying the gospel over and over. Watch this. Very important in discipleship in your marriage and your kids. Quick note. Please just forgive each other as God has forgiven you. Keep doing this. Keep forgiving. Keep loving. And keep serving each other in the way that God has done for you with your spouse and with your kids. And you will do just fine. That single principle raising them in the ways of the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Root number four of legacy, we have resolved as a church to see the gospel in our city. Legacy will never stop loving and serving our city, our neighbors, looking for opportunities to bring the gospel to our city. You will hear me talk about this at least once a month, twice a month. I'm saying it nonstop. Let your light so shine before men and women. They'd see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In your workplace, with your neighbor, at the grocery store, at the bank, get on ministering the gospel in our city. We are resolved as a church to make this a focus. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in your city, to the nation, the ends of the world. Root number five, the gospel in your work. Why do I make this a root? Uh, why are we resolved in this? Because you spend 40 to 60 hours a week at your workplace. For some reason, we, we separate, compartmentalize our lives from our work. And we say, oh, church and my godly life is over here, but it doesn't bleed into my work. Wait a minute. How much of the pie is that during the week? That's a ton of your work during the week. And so we must resolve to bring God glory in our work. I don't know what you do. Are you a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer? You work in entertainment? You run a business? If you run a Fortune 500 company at home being a mom? buying and selling real estate, if you do construction work or retail, do it for God's glory. Do it for God's glory. Get the focus on him and watch him bless you. God has saved us to show the world what it looks like to work for God's glory and enjoy the earth. Work hard, make money, and use it for God's glory. Figure out what it looks like. Do it excellent. 
Do the best you can with your craft. Be the best you can be for the glory of God. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Amen. Root number six, and finally, the gospel and missions. We have resolved to be on mission and to make disciples for the rest of our lives as a church from our city to the nations. We have been sent on mission on, to this earth in L.A. to make disciples through our lives. Jesus told us in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me on heaven on, and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I commanded you. And they're like, Lord, we can't do this. Make disciples in L.A.? He says, don't worry, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. I will help you to do this. Everybody loves the come to Jesus moment, but they forget to teach them to observe the commands of God. <laughs> we got a lot of people in LA that want to come to Jesus for one night, one moment, one song, but nobody wants to obey those commands. That's what a true Christian is following the Lord Jesus. Those are our six roots. Those are our six roots, a legacy, our vision, and I hope that it is a vision for your own life that you'd figure out how to have these staples in your life. I want to give you a prioritized list, so I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to go into communion. This is a big problem in LA, and I hope it's a practical help for you. As you have spiritual vision, I hope you would have a practical way of prioritizing your life and your time, and I guess things of value to you so that you can actually hit the mark of things that are important and valuable. Here they are. Priority level one, your relationship with God. Get it, number one. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. Number two, relationship with your spouse. Number two, of value. Singles, that will come, of course. But number three is relationship with your children. Again, a value order. God, your spouse, then your kids. Number four, your spiritual world. Fourth priority, church, your relationship with God and other pe through other people. Very, very valuable and important. It's crazy. I see people, they take a job in another state because they're making a bunch more money, but they lose all of their spiritual accountability they're, they didn't plan and project when they move into the new city and they have no more spiritual accountability and they're making more money, but their life falls apart, crashes and burns, their marriage goes down, their kids are a mess. And what was the value? You missed it. Not saying that that can't work. It can fully work. You just got to project. Relationship with God, relationship with spouse, relationship with your children, your spiritual community, number four, value, number five, then your work then your work, then school. Number six, then your hobbies. Priority list. Not in amount of time spent, because obviously we're going to spend way more time doing work because we have to, but your value. What is most valuable to you? If you set that value list right, you make God number one, you make your marriage number two, you make your children number three, you make your spiritual community number four, then your work, you got to do it. It's not as important as these other things. You, don't get, you get work right. You don't get the other ones right. Everything else falls apart. You have to have these priorities in place. Amen? When we resolve the big things in our hearts, the smaller things just happen. In closing, Philippians 3.13, Now, dear brothers and sisters, let this wash over you in Jesus' name. Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I don't know what happened to you this last year. I don't know what hardship you've gone through, but there is a new horizon. There's a new storm on the horizon. Some big, beautiful waves to ride. You better believe I'm catching a couple. I might get a couple on the head. That's okay. 
But man, I am going to try to make life beautiful by the grace of God in 2021. Amen? We've got to press on. We have to keep going. Let's close in prayer and let's prepare our hearts for communion. Father, we worship you now. We thank you for a fresh year. And Father, we humble ourselves, we lower ourselves now, we bow ourselves to you, we submit to you. And we please ask, Lord, now as we, as we move into communion, you would cleanse our hearts, you would ready us as a church, as a people. We, re- we realize that we have sinned against you, we realize that we need your forgiveness We realize our sin has separated us from you, God, but we want to be reconciled to you. We want to be brought close to our Father in relationship with you again. We thank you for the work that Jesus has done. And we ask, Lord, that you would cleanse us of all unrighteousness even now as we call upon you. We choose to repent of our sin. We choose to turn away from it. Stop living in that direction and start living for you. We make you Lord and we make you Savior over our lives. We do it now. While our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and we're praying. Whether this is a brand new commitment for you or a recommitment to the Lord, you're saying, Josh, I'm praying that prayer right now. I'm believing that in my heart. Would you just raise up your hand so I could pray for you? God bless you, man. Yep. God bless you as well. Anybody else? God bless you guys. You need to commit your life to the Lord here at the beginning of this year. You need to recommit your life to Him. Would you raise up your hand? Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Let me pray for you. It's a sign of faith. You're just saying, God, that's me. Do that work in my heart. Anybody else? Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for all of these, those shouting in their hearts, those raising their hands in faith, calling upon you. I ask that you'd save them. Wipe away all their sins. Make them whole again. We call upon you, Lord, as our King, our Master, and our God. Thank you for being our friend. For being our Father, we turn to you now with all of our hearts. We ask that you would refresh us as we remember the cross, your great work, your beautiful work for us. Bless our time as we worship you in communion now. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.